Welcome to episode 81 of About the Cards podcast live tonight on YouTube. As always with me, my host, Stefan Loeffler at Junkwax Twins. I'd say something, but I got muted. Deshaun Jackson at our trading cards. We're celebrating too early. And Tim Scheffler at Big Shep 79. <laughs> Whoa. And Angela's in the background. We are podcast by collectors, hoping to bring you a smart, insightful podcast about trading card collecting. We're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific. 10 Central. And uh, you on YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, uh, a bunch of places. Check it out. Obviously, you are listening to us somewhere, so that's awesome. Uh, follow us on Twitter at About the Cards. You're available as a podcast pretty much everywhere. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or some of the faves. Check out the website, aboutthecards.wordpress.com. And find us on FlickChat app, and we'll talk about the pod there. What's up, fellas? Another week? Another week? Another dollar? Oh yeah, making some everywhere, making I, some money. I, I ideally I uh, got uh, get. <clears throat> huh, sorry, good lord. Uh, pa- packaging up a shipment for my Comc, uh yeah inventory. Got some yeah. pinks and numbered stuff, and we'll see. Fancy, That's cool. All right, that's awesome. How's your week been, Benjamin? I'm depressed. Like like this is like a deep seated meaning of life depression that that only an ebay shopping spree can solve i i literally got a package in the mail yesterday it wasn't even baseball card related and i went to leave feedback and i left feedback for four items and then i realized once i archive them i literally have nothing else coming and i was really upset and i just didn't want to have the will to go on and um so i did what any person would do i bought a martin sheen certified autograph picture um unfortunately it was from that uh, guy probes team though but it was a really good deal so i had no choice where are you buying? it's president bartlett dude it's See. dude some sometimes you have to swallow your pride and your ethics because it's president bartlett no. so you can judge me if you want but it's one of those things i was in a dark place because like i said i had nothing coming and, you know, I had no hobby will to survive, so I did what I, you know, I had to do. I, Couldn't I, buy some 87 Maguires from someone? Listen, it was President Bartlett, mm. and I'm a big West Wing fan, so. No one knew that. See, I know. The, the way you started that, I thought it was going to be your rant because you agreed with Rich on something. Oh, and that happened in the same day? <laughs> I mean, I, I made a comment that The Natural was one of the worst baseball movies of all of the time, every of the day, all of the movies. And Rich is like, I agree. So he thought he was having a, a uh, you know, a red fox, you know, I'm coming heart attack. Um, I, I mean, the apocalypse is upon us. Uh, if you have a bunker, if you have a nuclear shelter, if you stockpile batteries and water bottles and canned food, run because Rich Klein and Ben Wilson agreed. Yeah, no, we can't let that happen anymore. Yeah, it was unacceptable. Yeah. Like I said, I was in a dark place. Well, yeah. Well, you know, you know, I went and spent five dollars at Wally World the other day and uh I got another no number seven hundred. Glad I dad. So you can just mail that to Nope. 
Yep. I have like six or seven. I, I like it. It's fun. Um, we'll hop into it the week that was last week's release is a big list here. Tops Living Week 96, card 275, Todd Helton, first baseman of the Colorado Rockies, sold 2,044 cards. We believe that does include the subscriptions, uh, which I think is 559. Uh, and then card 276, David Fletcher, third baseman, Los Angeles Angels, 1920. So oh, it looks like it looks like this is the first card below. 2000. So you can always check out our Tops Living stat for full breakdown of where these cards fall respectively in the set by team and pie position. Guys, were you surprised at all? No, this set's going to keep trending down and down and down and down. Not this week. I, I think we're going to see it probably probably in the 2000 to 2200 range most cards week in, week out for the foreseeable future. I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll well, see bumps. Jordan Alvarez, when he gets his, that'll be uh, a nice. And Bo Bichette, yeah, guys, these guys probably, will be. Yeah, they'll probably get into the seven thousands and stuff. I don't, I don't think we're going to see another ten thousand guy unless they end up. I think the only guys that really have an opportunity, and you guys can disagree, ten thousand guys like Willie Mays, maybe Willie right. Um That depends on how many you buy. If it's artificially inflated, but maybe if Trout gets traded. Really, three guys I can see hitting ten grand, and that's Mays, Garrig, and Mickey Mantle. If Mantle ever gets one, if they sure. ever get a license for him, I, I think that. Other than that, who else? I mean, not not ten. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, no, and we'll never see anybody beat Alcuna out either, because he would he was at forty six thousand. Not unless they start giving him away. Yeah. So uh, let's hop into the – that was the only release. There was nothing else. Um, hot off the presses, new releases this week. We have a couple. Tops Living Week 97. Uh, card 277, Wit Merrifield, outfielder, Kansas City Royals. And Card 278, Sunny Gray Skies, pitcher, Cincinnati Reds. By the way, he kind of looks like he's old and – that's like one of those old filters you would have on your face on like Instagram. Or he, he just smoked a bowl and was like, hey – Take my picture. I've been watching too much Cheech and Chong. Yeah. It, what, it, what it really does look like is it's just a little too, like the sun coming in. It looks a little light is right. all the, the lack of shadow. But no, the, I mean, this, the Whit Merrifield is a really good looking card with the helmet. I, I like the batting helmet look. You know, and I like I like the the way that you got the squiggly, like the reflection on the, the right mm -hmm. side of the helmet. I think yeah. it's pretty badass. No, it's a good-looking card. I, I picked a couple up already. Of course you did. So, no, it's a, it, it, it's a fun set. I, I'm i I'm looking forward to, to really seeing over the next couple of years how long this set lasts. Uh, you know, there's going to be a debate every week. Anytime something comes out, there's always going to be that debate of, is this set going to last forever? And it's like, yeah, it's going to last a while. Oh, I think so. Forever, probably not, but for a while, a couple more yeah. years probably. I would like to see it. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I can't wait to see some new rookies coming out. But, uh, you know, we're a few weeks away from Series 1 dropping, which is always, you know, it's the same week as the Super Bowl. So that's, like, just kind of uh, kind of awesome. So 2019-20. Uh, you know better what's better than up? baseball what's and that? Series 1 coming out? What's that? Hockey. Mm. Well, nineteen twenty Upper Deck uh, Trilogy Hockey dropped today. Uh, six packs per box, four cards per pack. You're going to get two autos and or mem, 
two inserts and or parallels and two rookies. It's 150-card base set. The rookies will have three different cards to collect, a common, an uncommon, and a rare. Uh, new for this year, the crystallized cards, which land one in every eight, 180 packs. Uh, they have signature pucks. They use a simulated puck for signing, which looked pretty cool. There's sure. one there of Matt Murray. Uh, the basics are one through thir- one out of every 30 packs. And the rookies' signature pucks are one in every 180 packs. And those are all numbered. If there's a team logo, it's out of 20 or 25. And the NHL logo is out of three. They do everything kind of in thirds in this set, you know, trilogy. So oh, I see what they did there. Mm-hmm. No, they've done something similar to that, um, where they had uh, n- not a puck, but like a football helmet, or I-, I believe they also had baseball helmets. I, I like the idea. I-, I just don't know how many years they can do it because it kind of got stale the second year they tried the football helmets. Yeah, but it's a. I mean, it's a good looking card. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Oh. And who wouldn't want a dry sidle? Yeah, I opened some series one tens. Uh, you can check it out on our Periscope. I'll it up on the fa- on the YouTube page. Uh, Which, probably by later the way, week. Jonathan Toes, really, sir? <laughs> Towels? What? How do you? What? What's Jonathan your name? Taves. Taves. T a v e s. That's how it's, it's pronounced. It's well, not Jonathan Toes. Me and Ed well, had a spell good it correctly. That. <laughs> spell it correctly. By the way, I did pull. So I pulled. I didn't know I pulled out anything any good. And then I looked up and I pulled this canvas. Of uh, I'm going to get rid of the screen here so you can see my awesome pull. Uh, a canvas young guns of Kale McKay, Maker. Okay. The, I think it's the Avalanche. car of the Avalanche. Like a hundred dollar card. So it's on eBay if you want to buy it. So. Anyway, uh, so that came out. And then dropping Friday, 2019-20 Panini Revolution Basketball, $118 a box, eight packs per box, five cards per pack, four inserts and four and four inserts and eight parallels, 150-card uh, base set. Fifth, there's 100 vets and 50 rookies. Uh, it's a foil card stock with uh, holographic backgrounds, and it gives it like a shiny, bright look to it. And the autographs are available, and they are on card. But you're not guaranteed one in a box. Instead, they're uh, they've kind of really put the emphasis on the parallels and the inserts. And there are an average of six par- uh, autographs per case, which is almost a little better than three a box. Three every uh, for whatever one in every three boxes. Okay. And they have the Chinese New Year. Uh, Steph showing the parallels. Like the Chinese New Year one has always been really popular. Um, What's put- the other parallels here? Yeah, you have uh, Astro, Chinese New Year, Fractal, Galactic Groove. A lot of these guys are some of the favorites if you're looking Lava, um, if you're looking the Sunburst one, if you're looking for uh, a base card parallel that has a little bit of value. Those are always uh, pretty popular. That Barkley they showed is pretty sick. I'm sorry? That Barkley? Mm-hmm. You scroll up a little bit, that, that's pretty sick. I like it with the old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good-looking card. Yeah, that was like the 92-93 Sixers jersey. Well, yeah. yeah, that shoot the shooting stars and the Sixers kind of bolded out it was always nice. Yeah, there, there's a guy that comes. Uh, his name is Ron. He comes to our. Uh, he buys from Tim all the time at the local shows. I have no idea how the guy collects. He just like buys whatever he likes. It's a good looking card. He buys it. He has no rhyme or reason. Doesn't really collect players, teams, years, sets. I don't think. I think he just. I like that. I'm buying it. Mm-hmm. For me, that's kind of what that Charles Barkley falls into. It's like that's a good looking card. If I ran across that and it was at a decent price, and I collected like he does, where it's just no rhyme or reason, 
buy what you like. I'd be all over that card. I think that's a sharp looking card. Yeah. So because yeah. I was curious and their parallel line seems to want to emphasize for the overseas markets, Chinese New Year, Chinese New Year Emerald, Chinese Hollow Gold. I looked one up and mind you, it's still with bids, but kind of a nice uh, design on the background. Yeah. And you notice they're numbered out of eight or 88? 88. 88. Yep. Yep. For those numerologists. Well, and also in Chinese the culture, the eight right. stand is a lucky number. So that's why the Olympics, when they were in China, started on 8-8 eight, eight at 8 o'clock or whatever. Um, 2008, 2018. Yeah. Whatever it was. I don't know. Who cares? The Olympics suck, and I don't even get into it. Um, Only for hockey. No, no. For everything. The Olympics should not exist. Sir, at me. as part of your hockey indoctrination, you have to watch the Olympic hockey games. I understand, but ho- but Olympics in general are terrible for the world. Oh, absolutely. They're Every other sport awful. sucked. Well, no, I'm not. I'm just saying... Real quick, before we move on, I have to get this point out because it'll drive me nuts. Uh, when they go to these countries that spend all of this money to host an Olympics for three months or three weeks, and they and they take all the taxpayers' money, and then all of a sudden, then they just let everything fall to, fall away, and they you know they've taken government funds away from the people that paid into it to have this thing here for three weeks, and then they don't care about it anymore. I mean, look at Brazil, London. All of the places where the Olympics have been, all the abandoned Olympic really venues. Happened. Yeah, it's it's garbage. Anyway, uh, what's brewing next week's releases? Uh, twenty twenty tops archive signature series player active player edition. It got pushed back because a couple weeks because they had to wait for the mail to come through. The holiday mail got backed up. The oh, TTMs didn't get in in time. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think I know there's some TTM collectors that probably have a better return rate on autographs then though this 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 will get you um you know i guarantee wax pack uh nine one wax pack nine one six uh nine one six wax pack uh, john he would be able to to steve steve i'm sorry i was thinking of anyway i think steve with has a probably a better collection of in of ttm autographs than what this set could ever put out Definitely. uh 1920 Panini Crown Royal Basketball, Steph's favorite basketball product. I like the taste of it. Yeah, it tastes good in his mouth. And then 1920 Upper Deck SP Game Used, which I can't wait to start. I haven't looked yet, but I have a feeling those are going to be some pretty, pretty looking cards. Because I mean, I'm just I'm looking at Series One. Series One was was to the the it, Series One uh, Upper Deck Hockey looked like Stadium Club. With the photo- photography. And, and that's all an every year thing, too. Mm-hmm. That's great. All right, let's hop into it. Infield chatter, our hobby talk oh, section. Yeah. Timmy! Timmy, Timmy, Timmy! So Project 5-5, or Project 55, uh, he's a, he uh, collects, obviously, Tim Lincecum, uh, tweeted out, a lot of things had to go right for this to happen. Thank you to my friends in the community who helped me make this happen. The Tim Lincecum rookie refractor trio. I'm stunned. Well, this dude has the Bowman Chrome Lincecum rookie, the first Bowman uh, Chrome Lincecum, and then the Bowman another Bowman Chrome Lincecum rookie. And I, I don't know. So it looks from. like the Bowman draft picks super draft refractor, picks. the uh, prospect auto super refractor, and the regular Bowman Chrome super refractor. Yeah. All, uh, all, you know, they're graded PSA nines. Uh, one's a Beckett nine. Don't care that they're graded, but the fact is to have those three superfractors of a 
uh, you know, he's still a well-collected player. And sure. uh, one of my favorites, I mean, uh, you know, he won a couple Cy Youngs, some handful of World Series with the Giants. And uh, was my favorite uh, was when they were playing the Phillies in the playoffs and they had somebody on third and he was in a tough situation and struck out the batter. And he pointed third and he said, you stayed up there. It was awesome. Uh, he has maybe the best GIF. Oh, which on, one's that? On the internet. I'm pulling it up now. Well, and, and, and he's got the best arbitration story in the history of arbitration stories when he went against the Giants and he walked in with his Cy Youngs and just set them on the table and walked away as a winner in arbitration. I mean, that's, one. that's kind of a pimp move, just like a... Yeah, everyday, <laughs> everyday sideline, everyday sideline, him acting well. He's being like himself. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of superfractors being graded ever. I understand the purpose of encasing them, but we've talked about this before. It, it's just the, the hobby has so many ways for us to protect cards now. You but if you bought them this way and he didn't do that, well, I'm yeah, a, I, I have a I, feeling he probably bought them graded. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and the fact that they're so old now, uh, you know, the way we look at grading in 2019, 2020 and beyond is a little different than we looked at it back 12, 13 years ago. God, can you believe that's long ago? Yeah. I feel like how old I really do. It makes me feel old when you're like, oh, 19, 2004 was 15 years ago or 16 years ago. And you're like, that stupid Facebook shit, that's old. It says, you know, 2050 is, is as close as 1990. And you're like, you shut up, Facebook. Shut, shut up your face. Yeah. Well, that's why Facebook is all. That's why I figured out I hate Instagram too, is because it's a Facebook company. I found that out, and it made me made me understand why I'm not on. I don't like Instagram anyway. Uh, there is a new Twitter account you guys need to follow, and we're going to be stealing data from this Twitter account going forward, um, misappropriating it, misremembering it. Uh, at card polls, check it out. Uh, just started this month. The first poll uh, that he put out was the 80s saw an explosion in the hobby. What was your favorite baseball card brand of the 1980s? Tops, Donner's, Fleer, Score. Tops won at 55%. Donner's, 22%. Fleer and Score both with 11%. I mean, looks like Steph here went Score. I obviously went with Tops. But, I mean, that's what? One vote? One vote? Two votes? Five votes? Yeah. It's nine votes. I mean, yeah. It, it was his first one. Five to two to one to one. I mean, let, let, let's not act like like this was thousands of votes in which hey, the, the percentage. It was his first poll, so we're gonna no, we need to get him some more followers and some more yeah, votes. Absolutely, I'm just saying. You know, when, when, when you're looking at a vote of nine votes, yeah, one or two people are gonna sway that that opinion. All of a sudden, if I vote, if I didn't vote for tops and I voted for score, now it's four to two to yeah. two to one. We can figure out the math. You know, so. So here's the next poll, and, and I like this. Where do you buy most of your cards? eBay, social media, local card shop, other. eBay hit 54%, local card shop, tw almost 22%. Other, 17 almost 18%, and then social media, 6.5. What qualifies um, as other if we Well, it's not one of those three. So maybe uh, card show, maybe, um, you Com know, C. Com C. Uh, maybe they're exactly. going to the... Sport lots. Sport lots, or they're going yeah, and buying I retail. I, mean, See, I, get... I guess in my head, it, I, this is just the way I would look at it. Local card shop, local card show, same thing. You know, I understand, but I'm just saying it's you know you're probably thinking uh, retail. 
yeah. and then Com C and then Sport Lots all kind of lumped together because you only can have four things in a pool. Yeah, so. eBay, Com C, Sport Lots, uh, any other. Yeah, I mean that I, I would lump those all together, just like social media would would lump Twitter, Facebook, and I guess people do actually buy cards on Instagram. Yeah, right. I don't know. Weird. Anyway, so uh, yeah, this uh, and I reached out to this uh, collector, and he does have another Twitter handle. And all I'll say about him is he enjoys the Cubs. He might really want to enjoy the Cubs a lot. Yes. yes. Um, gumballs. I love gumballs. Do you like gumballs? I Think love that. childhood at used underscore cardboard, which by the way is a great Twitter handle. After a decade, I finally put the finishing pieces or finishing touches on my Oak premier gum and card and gum vendor vendor works perfectly in a great use for the endless tops rookie reprints. So he's got gumballs and he's got a Ricky Henderson reprint and a Reggie Jackson reprint card in there. You can put your money and get cards and gum together. I'd love to see a video of it in progress. Yes, that's what we need. Let's reach out to use cardboard and say, hey, we want to see a video. So hit him up. Follow him. I look through. He's got some pretty interesting posts, too. So seemed like I thought I already was. I, I I swear Twitter Twitter's screwing around because I swear I had already That's done it. Right. Yeah, but you know it's a, he's a good follow. I, I just did it uh, a couple days ago when I saw this and uh, pretty great. So and it was funny. Sometimes you'll see a tweet and you're like, oh, that's a good one. Do I follow this? And you already do. And you're just like, oh, awesome. Every once in a while, yeah, it's funny how that happens where you don't have direct interaction with certain people until something happens. You know, somebody hops in because they see something and you're like, I like you. And oh, I think wait. we should be Twitter friends. And then we already are. You already are. And you're like, see? That's awesome. See, it happens. I mean, that happened to me one time with uh, with, with you. And I'm like, son of a gun. And now I'm stuck with you. Yeah. Here's the other way around. So Adley Super, we talked about uh, this card a few weeks ago. And our buddy Drew's cards at DWIL66 tweeted out, you can clearly see damage on the right side of the card. What the hell? Tweet, PSA tweeted out a picture of it, uh, and their tweet was, this ultra-rare Super Fractor rookie of switch-hitting prospect and number one overall pick, Adley Rushman, is a stunner in a PSA 10 form. And so you look at the card, and you're like, okay, yeah, that's a awesome Super Fractor. Good-looking card. And then if you look, they had a close-up of the card. On the right-hand side, there is damage on, like, on the edging of the card, which would probably make it like a, you know, I guess a PSA 9. Uh, BGS might be a 9.5 just because right. the, the edge is a little rough. Um, and we Looks saw like this oil is peeling off. Yeah. And I think we saw this on a pristine 10 Pete Alonzo uh, tops Chrome rookie auto where it got a, it got, it was a black label. So that means it's a perfect card. Tens all across the board on everything, corners, surface edges and uh, centering, but the bottom far, the bottom right or bottom left corner had just a titch of a white spot. Clear enough to see in the picture, and it's still got a pristine tint. So, again, it's all observational, and it's all subjective on this grading. So, grade what you will, grade what you want. Speaking you know, of optional and subjective. It, it matters because a card that, that has damage shouldn't be graded a 10. However, speaking of, of this... Um, at the end of the day, it's a super fractor. So damage, no damage. It's it, it's a super fractor. So does it affect its overall resale value? 
Probably not, but it shouldn't be graded a gem mint 10 if it's not. So it's it's almost two separate arguments. You throw it back up at auction, is it going to sell for 23 grand again? Who knows? But it, it's still going to hold its value relative to the current market. Um, but yeah, a, car, a card in the subjectivity of it, you know, it could always be based on the merit and integrity of the card's overall appearance. That one shouldn't be a 10. It just, just confirms that I'd rather have the mantle, the trout, the... Dang it! Dang it! By the way, um, I just want to know if Bean was the inspiration for Billy Bob and Varsity Blues. Duh. They're like but a carbon. Put that together. So, uh, no, and then a Hawk Collectible. So at night, Alcart, an amazing Twitter follow, uh, really good blog posts, all this stuff. Love Greg. Awesome. Yeah, need to follow. Uh, I was alive when this happened. I did nothing about it. This looks like an ad from the early 80s, listing unopened packs of baseball cards. 51 tops, redback, 50 cents a pack. 59 tops, wax pack, 35 cents. 60 tops, 30 cents. 62 tops, 30 cents. 66 tops, a quarter. 67 tops, 50 cents. 68 tops, 20 cents, 70 tops, 20, 72, 15 cents, 73, 20, 74, 10 cents, or a special one of each, only 275 total. And then you also get a high number, 81 tops, high number singles from Venezuela for 350. I can't see the rest of the ad, but holy smokes. Like I, Simmons. I have like a $20. Oh, Valenzuela. That's what it was. High tops, high number singles, Valenzuela for 350. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, I have like $100. I'm going to go back. I'm going to buy some of those uh, 59 wax tops, wax packs real quick. And uh, some of those uh, 66. And, uh, you know. Yeah, but. Well, and, and, you know, who's to say that they haven't been searched? But even at that price, I, I mean, don't you care. Get 60, if you get a 67 high. Some of those cards are extremely rare oh, to come across. They, they, the most sixty-six and sixty-seven high cost me a fortune to grab the the A's uh, when I was going, and there were no names. Um, but you, you you do see there's no sixty-three on there, which has the Rose. Where they raised sixty-nine, which has the Jackson. Um, obviously, when we go back to the fifties, that's a whole other scenario. But you know, even if we adjust for inflation, those prices are crazy. You know, I mean. Definitely. You know, they're even relative to the day that that ad was printed. Um, but again, at the same time, this is pre-junk wax era, so the hobby was viewed a little differently back then. It wasn't necessarily as collectible as, as it was just a handful of years later. So it was still more of a bike spoke at that time. You know, we look back now and go, oh my Jesus. But we, we would have to put ourselves in the mindset of, of what a collector of cards would have thought at that time they saw that. Okay, so really quick, per uh, Baseball Card Exchange, a 67 Tops unopened cello pack is for, and that, and that probably wasn't, it's probably just a regular pack, but a cello pack's $1,500. Mm. So uh, I'm just assuming 82 since it's talking about 80, uh, 81 high number, so it's got to be towards the end of the year. But in 81, 82, I purchased an item for 50 cents. The fifty-one wax pack, uh, even here, two seventy-five. What, what what was minimum wage back in nineteen eighty-two? I'd pay eight. I, I'd pay eight dollars shipped for one of each of these. So real quick, yep. a seventy-two wax pack, uh, right now three hundred and forty-five dollars on Baseball Card Exchange. 
but the mindset's completely different. No, I no. we, we can't look at it in a vacuum. They, their cards weren't worthless back then, but they didn't have the same appeal because, again, it was pre-junk wax era. It's, it's so. just fun to look at. I'm just it, it is. It's, it's incredible when we look back and go, if a time machine was ever invented, what year would you go back to? And most of us, you know, collectors are going to first say, you know, go back to go back to 1909. Um, 61. But, yeah, you know. But the other thing is too is think about that. So if you had somebody had a time machine and they went and bought those packs of cards that mm -hmm. later on you somehow bought those cards that were opened in the pack and traded and sold over the you know the forty years and you open your page up and you're showing your complete fifty nine top set and all of a sudden boom one of the star cards is gone because that one was somebody went back and stole. That's not right. <laughs> so what you're saying is we need to avoid a back to the future moment and not have relations yes. with their mother yes well and see and if you go back in time then you start running all the variables back in time somebody goes and gobbles up all the 52 tops and they're worth even more and and so on and so forth right all the, the ripple effect speaking of worth a lot of money 93 g sp jeter so uh, our buddy ryan cracknell of beckett posted a great article and, I, and, I, and this is all uh, from his article. So just uh, you can check it out on Beckett's stuff. We'll share the link. Uh, a, a 93 SP Derek Jeter rookie card set a record on Saturday, January 11th, selling for $180,000 to memory to uh, memory card lanes, winter classic 2019 auction graded a Jim mint PSA 10. It's the third time the card has crossed a sixth. This car, uh, the third time, the card has crossed the six-figure threshold. The price includes the buyer's premium. The 93 SP Derek Jeter rookie card has been popular for decades. It long has been considered the Yankee legend's top rookie, and prices reflect have reflected this. However, the last several years have seen seen the iconic, uh, already iconic card explode. At PSA 10 topped 50,000 for the first time in 2017, and in 2018, a pair of PSA 10s. Uh, flirted with six figures, but never quite crossed the mark. Finding a Jim Mint copies are extremely rare to date. Just 22 copies of the card have Jim Mint 10 grades. That's out of more than 14,000 times the card's been graded by the company. BGS has graded the, the same card more than 15,000 times with 259 Jim Mint 9.5 copies and zero pristine 10s. Freaking crazy because it, the the foil board of the card, um, you know, you have surface and edge and corner issues uh, throughout. Um, this is one of I think SP was it ninety three SP the first year of SP, Ben. Yep. Pretty yeah. Sure. It, it was. I remember then it was like, I mean, it, I think it was five ten dollars a pack when it came out. I mean, it was. It, I mean, it, you know, you're looking normally we're four dollar forty cents to a dollar a pack. And then you have these packs coming out five or ten times um, what the rest were. I mean, SP and uh, were some of the most sought-after cards that uh, that year. So, uh, And then the and fact is you have a Hall of Famer on the Yankees or a future Hall of Famer on the Yankees that has his, you know, is considered his best rookie in the set, just kind of pushes it forward as well. well and, and if I'm not mistaken, that year also has the first rookie of Pat Mahomes. The Pat Mahomes, yeah. So it's exciting from the the aspect of the fact that over the last few years we're seeing more and more of the rookie cards, the true rookie cards, becoming more collectible and sought after. 
to see more recent modern cards, not just all of the the fifties, sixties, and seventies rookie cards, but to see something a little closer to modern where we're at now. Seeing something sell at that high is nice. I mean, you know, what's the next big one? Um, you know, Ichiro and Albert Pujols, maybe before you start to get into sure you know, Verlander and Kershaw. And- but is it Pujols really? Think about his collectability. I, I don't think he's as collectible as Ichiro in two thousand one. He was. Yeah. Okay. So in nineteen eighty six, Jose Canseco was more collectible than all these guys put together. Sure, but but it's you were but just kind of thinking of more. When you go from Jeter and, and maybe A Rod, you know, you know d- despite the fact that he's got kind of a, a black mark. Yeah. When we start to get into the, the mid 90s, uh, as you go towards 2000, what's the next big name? Probably nobody until you get to, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but once you get past Jeter, it's probably Ichiro and Pulholz, Cabrera. And then once you get past that, it's probably Verlander and Kershaw until you get to Trout. And I'm sure there are a few names in there we're, we're missing. Um, but at the end of the day, it's nice to see a card like this sell because it's mirroring a lot of the big boys of, of the vintage in pre-war at that price point. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, as, as someone said on, uh, Periscope here, the price on the card is great. Definitely. Uh, if you have a single of this at home, it may be worth, uh, sending in depending on, uh, condition, mind you. Well, even that, even like, dude, even back condition of this car, I think it still commands a pretty good premium. You know, it's it just because it's like somebody, okay, hey, I can't get a gym in 10, right? But maybe I can get a, you know, a, a four or five and still, and then be able just to say, hey, I have that card, right? Right. Um, right now, you, you can see, let's see, I'm pulled it up here. Uh, let's see, sold auctions. What would you pay? I mean, Ben, I know you're you're not in the Yankees collector, right? But um, what would you what would you put out for a for a PSA for Derek Jeter? It, it's it's hard. I, a couple hundred dollars probably wouldn't. You know, let's say that I know at one point, Tim. I don't know if you're still doing it, but you were you were trying to work on collecting just all like the major rookie cards throughout the mm-hmm. year, certain players. And I know at one point I came up with a list of about 140 players that weren't – we're not talking Mantle and Mays. We're talking more like guys that had rookie cards maybe in 58 and more recently that are a little bit more affordable. Um, and all the guys to the 70s and 80s, which are extremely affordable. It, uh, you know, So if you get into the 90s now and you got to get a Jeter and an A-Rod, yeah, a couple hundred dollars I, I would think would be fair. Um, it's not how much I would want to pay if I'm doing a project like that because it wouldn't be my main PC. Yeah, but again, if we're just kind of pulling ourselves away for a minute and saying, you know, here's a card that's worth one hundred eighty thousand dollars, just to say I had got one. Well, yeah, yeah there was a there was a PSA six that sold November third for two hundred five fifty two hundred five dollars and fifty cents. You know, that's not that's not too terrible. PSA seven two fifty six with bid forty four bids, uh, no graded, uh, sold one sold for one hundred eighty six dollars and fifty cents. I mean, there's some edging issues and stuff, but like a hundred, if you could get one for 180 bucks, you know, like absolutely right. And say, I have that card, like, uh, you know, so anyway, it just it just it's kind of it was just one of those things like, hey, look, this is a crazy price for a baseball card. I mean, there's there's some states where you can buy a really, really nice house for that, California, not that state. Um, 
Wow. Uh, so Kevin Jones, I'm just reading here in the in the comments uh, on YouTube, a local card card shop dealer in my town said a guy came in with nine pages of, of superb 93 SP Jeters a few years ago. He didn't buy them, uh, buy them as they were hanging about haggling over a hundred dollars. He could kick himself for it. It's okay. We guarantee he can read guys. Yes. Hey, well, sometimes when, you know, I'm jaggling a couple screens here, come on. Uh, Upper Deck Series 2 Young Guns was released. Upper Deck uh, Hockey tweeted out, here they are, your 2019-20 Upper Deck, NHL Upper Deck, Upper Deck Series 2 Young Gun Rookie Cards. Steph, who are these guys should we be looking for? Come on now, where's the list? I'm Talk. trying to screen share. Well, here. if you weren't screwing around. Well, that's why I'm Jeez. not reading out loud. God, I'm glad I'm not getting in trouble on this episode. <laughs> this episode. Uh, no, they, from they the highlighted list, some um, guys on here. They did. Uh, Kirby Dosh, uh, Oliver Wallstrom, Barrett Hayton. Um, guys, I recognize. Um, Homer Pick, Kakanen, supposed to be a good goalie. Oh, there's uh, my guy, Kale Mink, McCarr. Caden Primo, Rem Pick, Pitlick, uh, Kale McCarr, obviously. Uh, oh, Capo Capo. Capo Caco. Um, pretty, pretty good list. Um, that I mean, mind you, yet to see who's made their debut for uh, for the update series. So, real quick, how do I get this canvas one if the dude's in series two? It's a good question. Maybe you should talk to Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's a different picture. Because he's wearing a blue well, and red uniform. No, because remember, they pushed back the release for Series 1. Yeah. But why would so be that in they could include two? everybody who made their debut on opening night or the opening week or what have you? But I'm just saying, why would, does he have two young guns then? Maybe they released the canvas in Series 1 and the young guns in Series 2. Mm. Questions afoot. No, but so is what what non highlighted guy on there would, that you see a name of that you're like, dude, that guy, that one looks pretty decent. Like that's a dude to look at. I like um, all of them. Let, let's let's see you try to uh, pronounce them. That's I, I one. Got, I got Jonathan Taves right, and I don't even watch hockey. Toes. It's toes. <laughs> okay, that's how you that's how you spell it. It's like just like Brett Favre. That's right. Favor. Uh, anyway, you know what? I don't like you guys anymore. I'm gonna I do new. I'm gonna oh. do new podcast with better, better hosts. But no, um, to, to to give you one pick that's, uh, I think I saw it. Uh, Timoshov, good goal scorer, as well. If he's on here, uh, Kravtsov. That's hard to pronounce. Uh. K-R-V-A-T-S-O-V. I'm not sure. I thought I saw him on here. Maybe it was a Series 1 include. Um, and Sam Steele, who I know I saw. So, Okay. Well, if they fail, we're going to let you know, right? Add Junk Wax Twins and tell them how much you spent on the Young Guns, and he'll reimburse you. Look, my, my, my Super Bowl picks are already busted, so let's not talk about it. Hey, mine, mine are still looking pretty good. Um, so, um. Tops is doing their 1 million card break for Series 1 2020 Tops 
on the fourth, the day before the release of series in Arlington's AT and T Stadium. Yeah, correct. Down in Dallas, it's all the same. Arlington, the the Metroplex isn't that what you you fellows call it down there? You Cowboys. Yep. Um, there's going to be 18 breakers breaking a million cards. Now, all of these breakers, I think, are uh, the article has links to all the breakers, and each one of them seems to be doing their breaks a little pricing a little differently. But uh, the breakers are doing it. One of one card shop, all star case breakers, case breaks, badger breaks, blowout cards, bomber sports cards, Dakota gaming supply, David Adams card world, Grand Slam collectibles, Jaspie's case breaks, <clears throat> sports cards, live case break, mojo break. There we go. Monster breaks, real breaks, uh, restless craft breaks, breakers. Wow. Steel City Collectibles, the Clubhouse, and Top Shelf Breaks. Where's Platinum Breaks? Where's our Where's our boy? Hmm, he didn't make the list. But uh, so if you know any of these breakers or you want to look in to get this, uh, the article on uh, Tops' site list, and you can click on the breaker and it takes you right to their break page. Like Steph, if you click on Mojo Break, uh, it'll it should show you uh, their. Yeah, we'll use Mojo because they're right. Boom, right there. You can hop into their uh, six case jumbo one. They're doing, uh, I think, two six-case breaks, and I think the Royals at one. I think in, in case one, I looked, the Royals were a hundred bucks for six cases of Royals cards. Not a bad deal. So um, that's we're gonna we're trying to we're efforting to get a reporter um, down there. So tops, if you're listening, uh, we emailed uh, Mr. Clay today to see if we could get uh, our reporter in the field over there just to get to see what it looks like. You know, we, we might have to hire a, uh, audio, a reporter on the sideline. I, I got a uh, free agent, so to speak. Hmm. Just so. like I said, just go in there tonight, break in tonight, and just stay. If you are right, right? Take you out. You know, you have squatter rights at that point. Uh, so our so Ben's buddy BG over at Leaf. Uh, they put out this website exclusive, and this happened today. I didn't even bother to look at it because I don't care, but I figured I'd read out what they were offering on their website. Uh, today, Leaf uh, made available its first ever website exclusive trading card offering six years after everybody else has been doing it, but whatever. 2019, we're in 2020, by the way, just to let you guys know, but 2019, Leaf Metal Baseball, red, white, and blue. I wonder where they got that idea. Uh, edition yeah. were, were available exclusively on Leaf's website this morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. These limited boxes will include six red, white, and blue numbered on, numbered out of 10 on-card autographs. There are uh, there are under 300 total boxes made, and we expect this item to sell out in record time. Well, if you've never done it before, what does record time mean? I don't know. As, many che- as, as fast as it takes Brian Grady 10 cheeseburgers, who knows? I don't know. Um, there was a, there will be a limit of five boxes per transaction. Uh, these will ship on the 16th and 17th of January as a last second addition to our 2000, our regular 2019 leaf metal baseball release. We will be adding redemption cards for autograph for Uber prospect, Jason Dominguez of the Yankees. So Really quick, it's a 2019 product that all of a sudden you're going to release a second edition parallel to after the fact and then plug in uh, Redemption for the Super Prospect. But I, yeah. 
And even say how much they were, by the way, in this release. The boxes. That's the first time. You should know that there's a strict limit of five per boxes. Five per transaction. Yeah. So, I don't know. Ah, leaf, leaf, leaf. What a boring little... They still have some available stuff. Oh, it's sold out. But again, it doesn't... It looks like they're using 1990 leaf as a design again, 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 again. And that sticker right there on the front, that looks like something from the 1990s as well. Right? Like 1996 or, Pinnacle or something? Like, hey, I got a, I got a, a you know, job well done sticker in the, the fifth grade, and it looked very similar to that. Uh, I got box number 5280 of 10,000. Mm-hmm. It's right over the guy's head. It's like you're you're literally advertising two players on the front of the box. And let's cover up half of the card. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, you can't cover up the name of the product. Like a microwavable like TV dinner covering up with a sticker the the directions of how to cook the thing. You know Brian did that stuff in his garage. <laughs> he was probably dropping them off. <laughs> driving with his knee. And he's like, you know, that pow, that pow, lick him, stick him. <laughs> Those kids are in the back seat yelling at him. Dad, we want a French fry. <laughs> God. God. This, this, this guy. This, this guy. Man, this is what happens when you sell baseball cards out of a trunk in your. your- <laughs> lick them, stick them, baby. Our new podcast, Lick them, stick them. Come on down and get hashtag it. Lick them, stick them. Hashtag. About the cards is releasing a new product called Lick them, stick them. Oh, stick them where you want. Lick it where you stick it. And, you know, you always got to lick it before you stick it, though. I'm just going to tell you that. And he's like, damn it. Come on, guy's face again. Fuck it. This one's got ketchup on it. Ah, what a burger. I said no ketchup. It's all good, Brian. We love you. Thanks for a laugh. Thanks for being on around. We appreciate it. By the way, it wasn't tweeted out. I somebody tweeted it out, and it looked like um, <laughs> it looked, Dean, looked, we we have no idea what the hell's wrong with yeah, us. <laughs> yeah, it looked it, it looked like it was an email blast. So you know, yeah, I got the same thing. Yeah, it was. You know, it looked. You know, looked, at, at least looked he found out. At least he finally figured out where the caps lock key is. Because if, if you guys have never gotten an email advertising one of their products, it's all uh, all in all caps, like this. Mm-hmm. They're just yelling at you. Strict limit of five boxes per transaction. Matter of he's fact, yelling means just faces all red and yeah. Yeah, it says important updates, but I think there was just anyway. Um, Small traditions LLC. We hate to report this, guys, uh, but you know we need to. We need to tell you what's going on. So at Sports Card News, our buddy uh, Ryan t- put this out from their website. Uh, it's an article on Small Traditions LLC. Um, they're accused of card trimming. So Small Traditions LLC owner David Thorne is being accused of some big-time card trimming. Blot Forum member, um, the guy, so it's a 312 on ComC, lays out the signif- significant evidence that shows Many before and after items have been trimmed or altered by Thorn. So uh, there's an original forum link that he's put in the article that we could share. Um, it's the same. This is the same member who helped expose numerous tr- card trimmers, including Gary Scissorhands, 
Moser, and former NFL player Evan Mathis. In addition to card trimming, Thorne is believed to have a special relationship with PSA. Thorne has attended an invite-only PSA events where high-volume submitters, like smaller traditions, are able to meet with the graders and just in order to discuss discrepancies with cards that appear to be undergraded. According to a letter, Thorne sent small uh, letter sent small traditions customers. PSA invitational event is one of the best opportunities of the year to realize successful reviews when an undergraded card can be discussed in person and bumped to the next grading level. They also sponsor monthly sweepstakes, a contest for the mailing list for PSA, and Thorne is accused all is also accused of creating fake providences for many items sold through small traditions. To make his auctions descriptions look and sound better, Thorne will create fake fines, fake collection breaks, and fake consigners. And actually, these items were things Thorne purchased individually on his small traditions eBay account. In most cases were also trimmed. So, I mean, you go through this, and there's just so many cards. And then these these things like, hey, collections we've sold, like they go and they'll gather, um, you know, a bunch of Jordan, Fleer Jordans, and be like, oh, this all came from one spot. Check it out. It's a great find. We're going to break it up. When additionally, there's information where he just went out and bought them individually. So I, I, I don't know why the FBI or local PD or anybody isn't hiring these guys off of blowout because these people that are unearthing and, and doing all of this homework. This I, is I, a lot. I, I mean, I mean, they get the Zodiac probably. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I mean, these dudes are phenomenal. It, it really is impressive. The homework that they're doing and the, the, and the fact that they're not just accusing, Hey, you know, Dave Smith is guilty of, of card trimming. Okay. I mean, they're coming out with all kinds of, you know, before and after. And I mean, look at this. If you're watching right. the video right now, we're doing a compare and contrast between where know, his shoe is. Yeah. The, the, the proof that they've come forward with is phenomenal. And, and it's very damning of the, the person that's being accused to the point where you really don't have a, a, a foot to, to fall back on. You know, at this point, you're, you're, you're guilty, in the, at least in the court of public opinion. I think I have that postcard, by the way. Hmm. I really do. I think I have like three of them over here. I'll take one. $112. No, that's, I, that's trimmed. And... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll trim you. How's that? Well, just trim it, and then I'll pay it. Because I'll just that's cut your cool. beard. You son of a gun. Anyway. I, got a, I, I got a job offer recently. Is he like, hardened, by the way? Like You're going to have to trim your beard. And I'm like, you know what? No, thank you. So just just check it out. I mean, it's just another one. That, you know, it's just another one. And if you check out their list, I love the names they've given these guys: scissor hands and all the fun stuff there. So laser awesome. diamond eyes. <laughs> yeah, laser eyes. Just amazing names. Nice. Uh, and and I and I can tell you. So I talked with Ryan at the last car show when we talked about this on the last podcast, and got a, a good majority of like the stuff with the Tesla in the cars and the watches and stuff, they're leaning into all the people giving him crap about it because they find it funny. So I'm just letting you know, like you can say whatever you want, but they do it just to, to poke at you. You know, like when your brother and sister's like not touching, not touching, not touching, not touching, not touching. That's what they're doing because it, uh, it uh, frustrates you and upsets you. And sure. Um, it's hilarious. That's exactly what we do pre-show. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, but the thing is, and, but they have great information. So you've got to kind of, you got to pull it out uh, away from the shtick a little bit and, and get the good info anyway. It's funny to me. And, and really, when you look at it, who's who's getting irritated or bothered by it, right? Snowflakes. It, it, it's, it, it, it's the old guy-guy thing, right? If we, we're never, ever going to say anything nice about each other because why would we do that? We're going to, we're going to rib each other and call each other names and be derogatory because that's how guys show their, their love and affection. Right. So when Colin and Ryan are going out and saying, you know, this, that, and the other thing about anything, the majority of us are looking at it in a humorous way. We're, we're laughing right along. We're supporting Colin and Ryan's position. It's the people that are getting bothered by it are probably on the wrong side of the ledger. Right. You're, you're probably bothered by it because there's some truth behind it. You're defending your yourself or, or whatever, because you're in the wrong to begin with. Or you support those guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're a PW, uh, PWCC honk or P whatever, you know, Joe Orlando man. And you know, it, it, what do I know? I bought from Probstein earlier. No. So now if you're a quote unquote Orlando man, does that make you a Florida man? It does. You have to be. They go. They're synonymous because um, that has new story written all over it. So we continue on the scammers thing. At Brent Becca tweeted out, "I know, and this was I think yesterday. I know this shot has its scandals and shady people, but I also know it exists everywhere. Yet I'm starting to think, despite the massive amounts of great people in it, that the percentage of scammers or whatever sure or whatever sure seems higher than any other quote hobby." So what what do you think? Do you do you think we have a higher percentage of, of scammers and douchebags than the other hobbies do? Outside of like high-end fine arts and uh forgeries? Yeah. It's I I mean, you're not you're not gonna find uh, as many people trying to sell fake Star Wars figures. Yeah, you are. The the difference is look look at this. My, my timeline, I can only speak from my timeline on Twitter, where I get most of my my interaction with the hobby, right? 95% of it is card-related. The rest of it is probably sports-related, okay? Uh, most of it. I'm not in I, I'm not in artwork. I'm not in coins. I'm not in action figures. I'm not in in, in the other hobby. You know, I was talking to my, my dad about it, and guys create custom toy trains all the time. They're not licensed by American Flyer or Lionel or any of the other producers. They're, they're stuff that's made in somebody's garage and sold as such. It's sold as customs. My dad has sold them for, for years. They're not, they're not looked at like they are in our hobby, but they're customs nonetheless. There's plenty of scammers in every, every hobby. We just We notice it more because this is our hobby. This is where we reside. And unfortunately, due to the scandals, that we've seen the, the trimming scandals and everything over the last, say, you know, 24 months or so, um, it, it's becoming more and more. And the fact that somebody like Brent Williams is on eBay, he's going to see a lot of it because you get people that are buying and scamming and, and returning crap when, when the prices drop. And, you know, it, it, it's it's just one of those things. We, we notice it more because this is where we're at. Kind of like buying a new car. When you buy a new car, you start seeing them all over the, the, the road all of a sudden. doesn't mean that there are more. It's just you, you notice them more because it, it's on your mind now. Yeah. 
Some, no, somebody in the chat here, um, and I'm not not chat, but uh, in reply to Brent and Becca, and I just hit share. Recommended that they, uh, he watched a documentary called Sour with uh, Canadian E grapes. <clears throat> and I'm watching the trailer, and essentially it's um, fakes and forgeries in the wine selling business. Um, ah. Uncorked, huh? Now, I, I can't speak to, um, well, one, the documentary, but two, whether it's more or worse. Um, but that's another route of people that we, we, we heard stories when uh, Gary V popped into the collecting world where, well, he did wine and that's a corrupt business. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That doesn't mean that he is. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Everything has a contingency. It's just a matter of, of how involved you are. I, I would never in a million years thought that the wine industry had it. Why? Because I don't drink wine. I, I don't live in that world. I don't go to wineries. I don't go to, to you know, you know, taste testing and, and all this stuff. You won't catch wine. And I mean, I've got like two or three bottles. Probably never will drink them. Wine's not my thing. So how so what would you're I saying is the only fake alcohol you have is, you know, when you borrowed some from your father as a kid and you poured some water in the vodka. See, and we we never really had alcohol in our house, you know. Especially growing up, if if we had alcohol in our house, it was being used for cooking, um, and solely for cooking. And it's just one of those things that you know what's in your industry. I'm sure the art world is flush with forgeries and fraud. You see it all the time on shows like Mysteries at the Museum, and movies have been made about it, right? Thomas Crown Affair things, baseball cards. We notice it because that's what we do. It's what we live, Brent. Eats, sleeps, breathes, and well, I'm assuming he sleeps. I don't think but, he did. Well, only not when uh, you know Tops comes out with products. Real quick, one, one million Cubs project. I was very hesitant to start selling PWE on eBay because of non receipt claims due to lack of no, no tracking. It's been the opposite. I agree. I've had one, and all of the PWEs I've sent out in the last year of selling, I've had one instance where someone came back and said it wasn't delivered on a, on a dollar card. I happen to have a second one of it, a second copy, mailed off to the guy, and he was happy. Um, so, it, again, it's one of those things that we're, we're very quick to run on the Yelp and, and discuss a very bad experience we have at a local restaurant or wherever we're at, right? Angela on Twitter. We're very slow to go to those same Google reviews and, and Yelp and, and say nice things when we have a great experience. Hey, that was a great dinner we had, right? We had a great time, a blast, uh, not just because of the company, but because the service was great and the food was delicious. You know, my dad and I went out the other night and we had a great meal. We're not going to go on Yelp. Why? Because we don't feel like it's necessary. But I guarantee you, if they had forgot us in the back of the restaurant and, and took 30 minutes to get our order, we would have said something. And, and, and that's indicative of how many good transactions and good people are in this hobby thousands millions you know whatever well i can speak to it too because i mean i've received probably 10 packages now from my buddy ethan of hockey cards mm -hmm. and uh i've heard some more coming real quick i need to say hey uh oh i forgot to talk about this earlier when we talked about revolution uh yesterday panini tweeted out the checklist for revolution that comes out friday they did two days early three days no yeah no it came out on tuesday that comes out friday I was like, wait, what? A checklist before release date? Um, and and, and props to them for that. Maybe it's yeah. turning around. Yeah. One last thought on scammers, too, before we move on. 
um, you know, if, if you're on Facebook in any of the groups uh, that, that have thousands of members, you see scamming all the time, people complaining about it. And this person scammed me. And there's such a, a common thread. So many people send friends and family or Venmo, uh, which we've discussed. Um, it, it, it's, it's just one of those things that there's so many ways that you can protect yourself to at least mitigate the amount of scammers you, you expose yourself to. And I think a lot of the people that, you know, there are a lot of names that are on the scammers list and, and I've seen it on that scammers group. Somebody will go on there and say, Oh, you know, again, Dave Smith, you know, sorry if there's actually a Dave Smith out there, but you know, Dave Smith scam me and other people hop in. Didn't you check the list? His name's on there. We all know that he's a well-known scammer. Um, you're the latest victim. There are, are resources available out there to try to do your best to avoid it. It's going to happen. We're all going to be on one side or another at some point. It's going to happen, you know, whether you're a buyer or you're the seller. Um, you, you can't do away with it altogether. I just think it's more pre prevalent now because, again, we're all on Twitter. So yeah. we're, we're very quick to, to but, be able to but share. Hold on. So Tim Seberg says it was said at the National that most people in our ho own hobby aren't aware of the scandals. 65% was the quote they were given. I mean, and I can tell you this. There are people that don't know there's a, a Twitter, a hobby Twitter. Sure. You know, they don't want Instagram or, or Instagram or Facebook or any of that stuff. And they're just, just blinded. And they're not, there's the only media that they have is the content that come in, like maybe a card show, maybe at a card shop. Um, and that, you know, maybe a, a publication that comes out monthly or and that's it. But, but some of them don't even know that though. If you, you know, if you, if you're not on Twitter, you probably really not or on Facebook or some kind of a social media. You're probably also not listening to a podcast either. By the mm -hmm. way, I thought this. I thought this said something different. New Year's resolution. When I quickly saw it, Panini's New Year's resolution, but I thought it was another word at first. Um, speaking of, they're coming speaking out. The of new, exposing yourself. Yeah, they're coming out the new movie now. The Yankees had bang the drum slowly. The Houston Astros have bang the trash can when it's Loudly. a curveball. Um, yeah, bang it loudly, right? Yeah, bang it loudly. So Houston Astros collectability. So at SoCal Hobby Club tweeted out, so what is what impact does this have on Springer, Brigman, Altuve, and Correa cards in the hobby dollar box beauties? Or did they get at or did they even get asked to sign cards by tops again? Uh, are you keeping your collection? So they're reaching out because of the whole the whole thing about the videotaping the signs and stealing signs and we saw the follow with aj hinch and the gm and then alex correa uh alex cora and i'm waiting to find out you know if beltran's gonna ever manage the mets what the hell's all going on there um i, I think the best punishment for him would be to have to manage, manage the, mets. the mets there you go um so what do you think having because because bregman is getting into his own as a in collecting i think he's kind of the guy there now as far as you want to go and collect correa's there altuve and and Springer and put Springer to distant fourth. Um, but what do you think happens to the, the hobby value of these four guys being associated with this team and this uh, scandal? Well, it's, I mean, it, you can only assume that it's going down just because of the, uh, <clears throat> the associations. People are going to buy it, so you're going to see a natural spike, but their values are going to go down. I, I would have to assume. Ben. Yeah, short term, yeah. For for now, people are gonna see that's the thing is people are gonna look to offload it 
I don't want this in my collection now because they're cheaters. Come on. You know, you're just, you're, those people are really just looking to capitalize on the fact that these names are now going to be more discussed. Right. You, you know, it, kind of like when Andrew Luck retired last year, you know, if you're a buyer, now would be the time to, to look and see if you can capitalize on a, a flood of this stuff hitting the market. Uh, if you're a seller right now, is not the right time to try to offload any of this stuff. Hold, because you're going to be buying or you're going to be selling at at the lowest common denominator. You, this is the wrong time to offload. Long term, whether it's a few months from now, a year from now, five years from now, th th their cards are going to ultimately bounce back. We're not going to see a big, big tick because, again, who cheated? Did Altuve cheat? Can you prove it? Is it quantifiable? Can we say that his stats were inflated because he knew that a curveball was coming? Do we know that for certain? Yeah. Well, we can look at the videos that have been posted and see who was batting. You can, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't hit the ball anyway. Again, if we relate this back to the steroid era, and, and I'll use my guy, McGuire, did he hit more home runs because he, he was on steroids? Was was he able to, to stay in the lineup more because he, he was able to avoid or heal faster? You know, hit, avoid injury. Who, who knows? We, we don't know. And there's a reason that the players didn't get popped. There's a lot of variables why the players didn't get popped. And they probably sure. have been suspended because we just don't know. How, how can you punish somebody? It's the old school, school classroom thing, right? Well, guilt by association. everybody's guilty, so we're going to punish everybody? No, you can't do that. So we everybody's guilty, so we're going to punish nobody because we don't know who actually yeah, participated. So, so one of our local, uh, the morning drive guy here on KHDK, Carmichael Dave, said that what if he just off, you know, what he was thinking, like, what if the Astros received the death penalty for Major League Baseball? And what he, his idea was is allowing all of the other teams to draft a player from the Major League roster, not the minor leagues, just the Major League roster, and the draft order be the reverse of the last year's standings. So kind of like an expansion-style draft. Um, and so the Tigers would be on the clock uh, with the first pick. And you know, and then every team would have a chance either to select a player or pass. We talked about this before. It's like the, you know, the Marlins would they they might not want to take an Altuve contract, um, or you know, uh, a Springer contract or a Verlander contract. You know, they might decide to take um, you know Jordan Alvarez because maybe he's got a more player friendly or team friendly deal. And so I put it out there on Twitter right before we hopped on the show. Uh, a couple of responses. Bregman. Bregman would be uh, the first. A lot of Bregman. Uh, a Tigers fan said Altuve. Um, so uh, we got a we'll vote for Correa. But this probably this isn't going to be a realistic thing. But if it was, how exciting would that? How how would that not be the best deterrent ever? Sure. And second of all, how exciting would that draft be to watch? Dude, that would be a pay-per-view. $59.99. Are you telling me you wouldn't pay 60 bucks to watch that live? Yeah. Who the Tigers took? Because your first thought would be, you know, if it's just 40-man roster, guys, right? 29 teams, you, you can only take who's on the 40-man. Alvarez, Tucker, Whitley would be three of the top five picks because of their upside and the fact that they have five and six years of team control left. Bregman does have a great contract. So he would be the first big name to go. Altuve probably would at some point. Um, Springer has, what, one year left? I think Correa has two. So you would, would assume that they might not be as promising unless you're a bigger team. 
you know, more, you know, and when I say bigger, I guess a, a better. But look at this. I mean, the, so real quick, I mean, you got Tigers, Orioles, Marlins, Royals, Blue Jays. So just to give you an idea, that all the first four teams are all kind of like in a rebuild stage. The Blue Jays might have the the capital to go. Oh, we'll take Verlander. They would take either Verlander or Springer on a one year deal because right. they they would be. Toronto have, has the financial wherewithal to offer Springer a multi year deal. Well, they, and then the, the the Padres are drafting eighth. The Angels are drafting tenth. I mean, they're mm-hmm. the the White Sox who you know trying to make some signings. They're drafting. They'd be picking eleven. I mean, some of these teams could make an immediate turnaround. By just adding that one, one player. Anyway, I just I think it was a great topic. I, I, I you know, I, it would destroy the Astros. I mean, they would be back below the depths that they were before they drafted all these guys. But what a what a penalty it would be. So. But, but look at this. If we if we this is probably the second biggest scandal in baseball history outside of the Black Sox scandal, right? Those players played the 1920 season, and the, the suspensions went into effect in 21, if I'm not mistaken. And that killed their team, right? I mean, look at the names it, it, comparative to the roster at that time. It, it killed their team going into the, the, the 20s. You know, you want to give them the ultimate death penalty and, and strip them of all of their major league talent and say, sorry, you're back to the Stone Age, plus you're losing draft picks, and, and they should have lost at the very least international signing money and, and capability like the uh, Atlanta Braves did a few years back. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't get popped with that too, but um, yeah, it, it would be fascinating as we relate it back to cards. However, I don't really think you're going to see it's going to be marginal. Maybe you see a little bit of a drop off for a little while, just because everybody's pissed off right now. And if you're a Yankee fan, a Dodger fan, a, a divisional opponent of the Astros, you might offload it, but again, right now is not the time. I, I, I wouldn't, if you have those cards, just hold them, you know, wait, wait for the season to start. Um, we're we're going to know by mid season, really how, you know, if Bregman and, and Altuve are hitting 240, eh, now we got something we can talk about. Yeah, no, it'd just be uh, interesting, interesting to see uh, if that happens. Now it makes me want to do a mock draft. I'm just, just saying. Um, yeah, real quick, Chris Torres just mentioned um, Astros veterans were not really that big of sellers. So comparatively speaking, what is their current market versus? Well, the one card I could say is Altuve's rookie card from 11 update was always pretty hot. Sure. Um, you know, a few Bregman things, but yeah, the other guys uh, and maybe Correa's first Bowman. But are um, you really, honestly, are you really thinking about those? If we did a Beckett hot list of the top 20 cards in the hobby, how how many months back would you have to go to have one of those oh. top scores? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Nope. I'm glad I sold that. I'm glad I sold that World Series magazine when I did. Yeah, nobody's uh, going to get 2011 Altuve. Nobody. Uh, Zion's going to make his debut, everybody. You ready? He's going to make his – the New Orleans Pelicans anticipate that Zion Williamson will make his regular season debut January 22nd against the lowly San, San Antonio Spurs. What a so we, what a stupid team name, the New Orleans Pelicans. What? Let's say anyway, they're going to be the, the Seattle Supersonics, or the Kansas City, whatever's in a few months, a few like, years. Anyway. Like if if you're sitting there, like the Chicago Bulls, now that's not like a tough sounding name, right? Yeah, Chicago Bulls. You know, it, it's got a. It's like the White Shrew talking about the word murder, the R sounding so menacing. That's why they don't call it Muck Duck, right? 
It's like the Chicago Bulls sound like a tough ass team. It's like, hey, the New Orleans Pelicans. It doesn't get much more pansy than yeah. that. Yeah, I know. There was uh, I was trying to think that uh, I was trying to what the other names were for the Pelicans uh, before. The no, 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 no. But what the other? No, because they gave the Hornets back. But what were the the names they were going to have before? And uh, it was the here we go, the the Pelicans, the Mosquitoes, the Raru, Swamp Dogs, or Bull Sharks. No, I, I think the Pelicans though is the best out of the worst options. The Mosquitoes. Well, real quick, when the Charlotte Bobcats came around, they they were gonna they could have been the Charlotte Flight, which would have been cool. They were named the Bobcats because the owner's name was Bob. It, it, you know what the, the New Orleans Pelicans or the Mosquitoes sound like is all those team names sound like a a low-level single-A team in baseball. Why aren't they the New Orleans right. Baby Cakes? That's a better name. Uh, it, like that minor league team name. The minor leagues are just so, flush with stupid names. So so Zion's going to make his debut a week from today when we're on the show, so we'll, we'll give you an update. But So I want to know, I have some car, three cards I picked out that have sold previously today today's show. And I want to know what you think that they will go to after his debut or during this next week as he's debuting. So a prison base right now, one sold this morning for $59.99. So 60 bucks for a base card. Uh, prison silver sold today for $1,200. And then he had a contender's rookie ticket autograph. That sold for $1,380. And the reason I, pull, I picked the contender's rookie autograph is because that is probably one of the more sought after autographs where the the prism autograph maybe not so much so what do you think his card prices do after he has or what do you think his card prices will do from now until his debut i mean game dependent obviously you're gonna see a no no i'm just saying no no so from tonight until he until the debut before he makes his debut next wednesday so in the next week's time, while he's still not playing. Oh, people are going to try to offload it while they can. So you think people are going to try to sell more of Zion right now? So, some of them. The people who aren't as uh, savvy on his play or the fact that he might be the next Greg Odin or any number of factors. Okay. Uh, I, I can see a rush on people trying to list him. I already saw it on my Twitter feed. What do you think, Benjamin? Yeah, it's, that's right. We'll, we'll probably see those base before... He actually debuts. If, if that's the cutoff, we'll probably see those start to probably hit triple digits. You know, low hundreds, and and, so, uh, and auto might might push two grand. Okay. What do you think his card card prices will do after he has like a decent debut? Say he gets fifteen, eight, and three assists. Like he has a he has a he does not he's not gotten getting a triple double, but he's going out and he's having a, a solid debut. Eighteen points, you know, eight boards, something like that. Has a cool couple fun dunks. Do you think it drives his prices crazy? Like we, we talked about with Daba Dube the other day, where he made one slam dunk and his silver went from a dollar to sixty dollars. No, because Zion is the number one pick. He's the heir apparent. He's the hot name. What's going to end up happening is everybody is going to rush if they're not already, like Steph said, to list these to the point where there's going to be such a saturation on the market over the next seven to 10 days that it, it might have a negative effect. But if you're a buyer of Zion and you think he's going to be awesome, wouldn't that be a great time to take advantage of a flooded market? Sure. I mean, like right now, 
you, but see, it's one of those things I always say, you know, if you didn't want it today, you don't want it tomorrow, or you didn't want it yesterday, you don't want it today. You think about this, know your market, right? If 60 bucks is, is where it's at right now, it, you're going to see a slight bump, some kind of an uptick, a one and a half multiplier or something. Just sit tight because over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a market dip. I can almost guarantee it. And that would be the time to start buying because once oversaturation, then it's going to be a race to the bottom for a little while. And you might not save a ton of money, but the $60 price points might jump to 100 and then drop down to 45 And that would be the time to try to buy if you're in the market for one. You know, What, what if he plays poorly? What do you think, Steph? If he goes out and he goes, he goes like – four of 15 and you know, he's got eight points and two boards and gets in foul trouble and looks just like a big fat oaf out there. Uh, so essentially we, if he starts looking like one of us on the basketball court, you can talk for yourself. I can ball pretty good for being a big <laughs> fella, but no. Yeah. So he, he looks like an average Joe out there. It's It's going to tank. Uh, everyone's going to try to dip and uh, it's just going to lower all the card prices. Yeah. And by the way, these are all raw. They, none of these cards were graded. So giggity. Um, what do you expect for him on the court? What do you think he's going to do? Uh, two goals, one assist, and a Gordy Howe hat trick. Mm. Yeah. From touchdown, touchdown, two interceptions, probably Jameis Winston's uh average day. Three and three. I hate you guys. No, he, he's probably going to have a couple of really big games early on. I would think, though, that they're probably going to limit his minutes. So I would think that the first handful of games, he's probably going to be in the mid-20s minutes-wise. Um, but I can see them trying to run that offense through him just to kind of get him back in the swing of things. And if if that's happening, um, again, cur- curb your enthusiasm. It's probably going to be post-All-Star break, assuming that he stays healthy once he's on the court. Um post all-star break before you really start to see what he might be, but he's a marked man. People are going to want to, all right, what's this guy about? Yeah. What's this kid playing? Tim, Tim asked a question. Why why dip? I've been saving my wax to sell when he comes back. Wrong decision. Uh, I think it goes up when he's playing. Yeah. And I also think too, the, the wax, you know, we're talking individual cards here. I think the wax is a little different because John Morant, uh, I loved what he did to Harden. Harden the other night, you know, Hey, so come on, take a three. Morant hits this ridiculous three and then says, tell that for who I am. And I was just like, yes, you're on the Grizzlies. You're talking shit to the MVP. Uh, this is That's awesome. And I think there's a couple other guys that are going to kind of push that product, push the wax a little bit more. But, no, I think it, it, it's kind of a good decision to see what happens. And then everybody kind of has the opportunity to like, hey, I got a Zion in this. Um, I'm kind of yeah. a wait and see. I think he's going to have a decent rookie year. I, I think that he's not going to be. It's not going to look special this year, just because uh, of the injury that he had and he's coming back from. And we need to hold and wait. Uh, so if my my suggestion is, if you have Zion and you're not sure what to do, I would hold because I have some Zion's. I'm just going to sit and hold them because the what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I mean, if you got him out of a pack, you probably really didn't pay all that much to get him. And at this time, just wait and see. Um, the worst thing he does is is he blows. You know, he never plays and. Ends up being a Greg Oden, and it's a five dollar card, and it's a story one day. In, in April, he'll probably have seventeen and seven, you know, an average on on the year, which isn't great. It's not bad. It's not bad, yeah. And you got to expect that, you know, what would he have been one hundred percent healthy? So, um, field goal shooter. I mean, I know that that you know his game w- w- was really heavy on his ability to get to the rim, but I think he's undersized, and I think he's going to find out that there's a lot of tall trees in the the low post, and he might not have as good of an opportunity or 
the frequency to get to that rim. Um, and, and so his shooting percentage is probably going to dip. Um, but yeah, ultimately I, I, I think, you know, you're sharing what Kevin Jones is saying that he, he's predicting a Greg Oden 2.0. Is he going to be that bad? Probably not, but he's probably going to be a Charles Barkley light and that ain't so bad, but it's not so great. So he's going to be Larry Johnson. I, I think he's I, a Larry Johnson light. I don't think he's going to be the investment that people are making him out to be. That everybody's trying to say that, yeah, he's going to be this great, great long-term. I mean, we, we were kind of talking about that with the Adley Rushman superfractor. You know, if he's Matt Wieters 2.0, I mean, literally he's going to have to put Yadier Maluna or Joe Maurer to shame in order for him to justify what people are paying right now. That, no, he'd have to put – he'd have to put uh, – and Posey too, you know. and Johnny Bench to shame. Like he would have to be one of the greatest catchers because we've talked about Posey before. He okay, collectible team, right? The Giants have a, a solid fan base with sure. collectors that have money in the Bay Area. He has an MVP, a Rookie of the Year, three World Series. He's a multiple time All Star, Gold Glover, all this stuff, and he still doesn't. He sells for a few. Hundred. Joey Bard outsells him. Yeah, you know. So anyway. Um, it's just interesting to see. We're going to revisit this the next couple of weeks just to kind of give you an update of where it's gone. Um, Matt Weeders. Where have you been? <laughs> He's just jumping. Eating carrots. I'm, I'm on a 47-minute delay back here, guys. Like, uh, yeah, I think I think well, that no, you were talking about movement. catchers. I'm like, well, if we're going to bring up the Orioles, Matt Weeders. Weeders. He mentioned Matt Weeders leading off. That was the first thing I said. That was the first name out of his mouth. Dude, me, I think is what sounds like that. So, sue me. Welcome to the show, Steph. It's been been nice having you with us. So, uh, announcing the the Burdick Award, Jefferson Burdick. So, um, this was a post taken from this uh, Saber Baseball Cards blog. Uh, we take a break from our usual baseball card storytelling this week to announce a new award approved by Saver Board, Board of Directors and coming out uh, our, our, with our very own baseball card research committee. The Jefferson Burdick Award Award for contri- contributions to the hobby will be handed out at, uh, handed out for the very first time at Saber 50, our national conference taking place from July 15th to 19th uh, in Baltimore. Uh, at this time, it's our pleasure to announce that Saber's inaugural recipient of this prestigious honor will be up to you. There's an award criteria. Yes, we're looking for you to nominate a worthy recipient who has made significant contributions to the hobby and areas such as baseball card research, scholarship, baseball card creation, production, innovation, developing, maintaining resources like publications, websites, communities, uh, events for collectors, increasing access, knowledge, or enjoyment. In short, we are looking for individuals who have made baseball card collecting a better hobby for the rest of us. Hands down right now, nominate about the cards podcast they've made us all better they're gonna win the award though no. um couple couple the first one that comes to my mind is dr beckett sure um you know because that's kind of where a lot of us in our you know 20 our 30s and 40s and 50s got a lot of our information um and went to you know yeah that's kind of to have him on the show here soon mm-hmm. we're, we're hoping to get that uh, but, but no, I, there's there's, just, a, just, there's probably a good handful or two of people uh, on this that would be could be nominated for this list, and I'm excited yeah, to find well, out. I'm just reading the criteria. I mean, research, 
catalog creation, maintaining resources that that that, that just screams uh, Doctor Beckett. Mm-hmm. Well, no. if we're putting together a Mount Rushmore of trading cards, I forget the gentleman's name that originally, uh, and I apologize, that, that came up with the numbering system for the T the tobacco series. Um, I don't know if you you know off the top of your head, Steph Jefferson Burdick. Um, it, if I don't think that was his name, was it? There, 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 so. But if we're looking at the 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 all time Mount Rushmore, yeah, Jim Beckett's going to be on a short list for the top four of all time. You know, there there's there there's not a lot of people that we would put in that high esteem within the hobby, and uh, rightly so. You know, and we're we're not talking about people that necessarily own manufacturer companies and stuff like that. People independent of Tops and Panini and Donruss and Fleer and and you know the original Leaf and all that stuff. Um, just people that 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 played a role in the hobby. And and Beckett's right there. I mean, his name is synonymous. Yeah. So it was it was Jefferson Burdick um, with the American Card Catalog. The first known cataloging appeared in a short article in a magazine in 1936. Okay. And then the United States Card Collectors Catalog was published in 1939. It's a short, short list of people that have had a long-lasting impact on the hobby. And, I mean... There's not anybody that's in this hobby that's been in this hobby since you know the '80s that are returning that don't know his last name. Oh yeah, sure. So why shouldn't he be a recipient? To, you know, again, if we're making the Mount Rushmore, you know, put put four people on there that's that, that are more impactful of of what he's done. I challenge you to find four. Oh, Bobby Lumkey. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Because as Rich was discussing this, uh, I hadn't seen the blowout form, but they're looking for people who are alive. Uh, but definitely Lemke would be up there. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be it'd be interesting to put together a list of, of you know, see a list of 10, 12, 15 names that were so impactful that, you know, it, it'd be kind of fun. And I, I'll be the first to admit, I, I am not, that would not be my area of expertise. Um you know, somebody whether Kevin Jones had come up with a f- couple of names. Somebody Mark Boyle would probably have a good, probably a pretty good list of people, wouldn't you think? Oh, I'm sure, Mark Armour. There's probably a, a lot of people that that we can probably turn to to say, hey, if we wanted to put together a list of ten to twelve names of Mount Rushmore esque people within the hobby, let's put together ten or twelve names before we come up with a short list of, of four. Uh, again, not my area. I, I'd be the first one to admit that, but it'd be fun to look at that list and kind of get like a little brief bio. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. And the last thing is there was a at collect sport on Twitter. Um, what's the best TTM auto you've ever scored? Of course, pictures would be nice. Uh, guys, what's the, one of the best TTMs you've ever received? Uh, well, I've only sent off two or three and the only, uh, Decent one I can think of of those is my uh, Pat Nashak, um, his major league debut ticket signed. Oh, nice. Um, 
mine would probably be of a couple. When I was a kid, I, I sent one to Mike Messina in his second year, and he signed a '92 Fleer. Uh, that's one of my favorite. My favorite though was uh, I sent one to Ned Yost, and I didn't sign. I think it was a 2013 Topps Heritage, I believe, and uh, signed it. He sent back a nice note. So, Ben, do you have any uh, TTMs that you've ever done? Yeah, I, I got really hot and heavy into when I got back in the hobby in 2012. Um, I sent a bunch of stuff off to the A's. That was, you know, the year that they had a ton of names. And I sent stuff off to Cespedes and Parker and Derek Norris and all kinds of guys. And quite a few of them had sent stuff back. Um, unfortunately, Cespedes did not. Uh, and I was a little disappointed because obviously that was my guy, right? From 12 to 14, I was deep in there. And then one day I go check the mail, probably 2013, 2014. And I got something in the mail from the A's and I open it up. And sure enough, it was all three Cespedes cards. And anybody that is familiar with him knows that his autograph says Y52C. And his early, early, early autos um, were all said Cespedes. And, and literally less than 1% of all of his autos have the full signature. And all three of these came back signed with the full signature, even though by this point he was well into the abbreviated one. And I thought, man, you gotta be kidding me. I got him back probably about a year and a half later with the full signature. So that was freaking awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Now I don't need to do through, through the mail anymore. I just do archive signature. Real quick. Someone brought up that on the tops, uh, living cards this week, the back of the card, the Whit Merrifield has a copyright of 2020, and the Sunny Gray, which is the card number after his, has a copyright of 2019. I bet they correct that before they get released. So, just interesting. You know, tweets are coming through as I'm listening. We're doing the show here, and I, I was checking it out and know what the hell's going on. So, it sure does. And uh, it looks like our, our YouTube page is at 393. We're seven away from 400. Not too bad. What's TTM through the mail autograph? So, so where you send a card and an envelope, and they sign it and return it back to you. Mm -hmm. I did a lot as a kid. I think Eric Wedge was another one because he played at Wichita State, and I have him, he signed a '93 Tops Colorado Rockies card for me. Um, <clears throat> just because I was like, I thought I was he was he was a catcher of the World Series championship team. Thought that was pretty nice. cool. So, guys, that's it. That's our show tonight. An hour and a half. We're not uh, going over to two hours like last week, and uh, so Uncle Rich will be happy. But uh, I appreciate the comments about enjoying the two-hour show. Wasn't some people like that as well? So, uh, any final thoughts before we head out tonight? All right, none that I can think of. No. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know about next week uh, shortly. That's the signal that I won't be here. By and the way, if you bang it from the top. That was a beautiful song there that you were playing. What was that? A slider? Yes. This I've had this since 1987. You're a good Love man. I got one out in the garage. It's Oakland A's. Yep. And I got one next to me for the uh, North Stars. What? The Dallas Stars. Who? North the, Stars. The Dallas. Dallas Stars. I didn't stutter. The Dallas. Uh, remember, we're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Okay. Pacific, 10 Central. Make sure to subscribe and review our show on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at About the Cards. Follow Ben, or as he's in the show known before the show, Deshaun, uh, at Our Trading Cards. 
Follow stuff at Junk Wax Twins. Follow me at Big Shep 79 and please share your hobby stories, great polls, and send your um, questions our way. And we'll try to try to help you out. So thanks a lot for hanging out this time. hit 400. Yeah, and 400 on uh, on YouTube would be cool. Uh, that'd be awesome. So, Indeed. all right. Well, I'll see you next week, and we might have a surprise guest host next week hanging out with us, along with a superstar, me. Debatable. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> really, two schools of thought.